Welcome to another episode of Full Body Fuck Yes Podcast. This is an investigation into who we get to become in the process of embodying our dreams. So thanks for joining us. This show we feel like is a bikini wax of the soul. It's releasing old stories that limit us while we're writing new chapters that feel authentic to our growth, right? I hope that this episode especially helps you to take up more room on the page of your life. Yes. So if you love the raw, honest work from poets like Rupi Kaur, I think you're going to love my guest today, Yana Robinson. Yana is a poet, speaker, and coach who broke out onto the main stage with her poem, This is for the Women Who Don't Give a Fuck. Yep, you can see why we're kindred spirits already, right? She's got 111,000 followers on Instagram, two best-selling poetry books, one after her famous poem, This is for the Women Who Don't Give a Fuck. And then her second just dropped entitled, There's Cobwebs in Her Vagina. Mm-hmm. Yep. In today's episode, we talk about healing relationship trauma, taking up space, and how to be honest with our work while holding strong boundaries that when crossed can feel like an emotional dick pic. Like it, it might even be a great dick, but like it doesn't mean... <laughs> that I want to see it or talk about it or that I've asked, I haven't asked for it. That's what it is. It's respect around asking. If you really love this episode, please shoot an Instagram story telling me what landed most and don't forget to tag me in it. I love hearing your feedback really. And if you like really truly love the show, please leave a review on Spotify or iTunes because that helps the algorithm to show this episode to more people. Okay, now to the show. So I was uh, opening this book up, my dearest, and look at this note that you sent me. It says, Abby, we need you. I need you. Thank you for taking up space. We're sharing this world, sister. You are the earthquake. And I, I, was, I just started crying because I don't know if I've had the opportunity to tell you yet, but I owe so much to you, sincerely mm. and deeply. Um, by the way that you take up space and hold space for others. And the way that you, I didn't know we could do it like that as women. I didn't know that was on the menu. And witnessing you being you gave me the permission not to be like you, but to be like me. Mm. And I just wanted to get the chance to say that to you semi in person. Thank you for being you. Thank you. Just receiving that. And also, I love the distinction that you made of it's not about being like you, it's about being like me. Yeah. Um, I think we miss that sometimes. So thanks for not missing that. And, and, uh, yeah. Um, no, you take up, I remember it was good on you, I think, where we met. Yeah. One of the first times in, in Encinitas. And um, yeah, I totally feel the power in the woman that you are. And so what does you taking up space look like? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love that question. I, I think I just wrote, um, I'm working on my book, book proposals right now. And I wrote down that I want this book to help the reader take up more space on the page of their life. And when I wrote that, I said, how interesting that I wrote, I write this knowing that Yana is going to be on today because it's because of you that I even know what it looks like to take up space. 
mm. unapologetically. And I think I used to think that taking up space was like this feminist burn bra, hear me roar, yell kind of thing. And I definitely believe there's still space and that's needed to do that. But now I think that it's, for me at least in this season, it's a lot more about a quiet knowing, a deep knowing with like a capital K and unapologetically allowing myself to show up in whatever that knowing means then. And if that's a giant fuck you, great. And if that's taking naps or sleeping in or canceling meetings, if that's writing something I know will piss people off because I feel the need to say it, um, it's, it's just me. It's mm. not performative. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How about mm -hmm. for you? I love that you always say stand like a, what do you stand like? Yeah. A, a oak? My whole, my whole phrase with, with this is for the women, my whole why of that brand is for women to walk tall like an old cypress tree and um i think women taking up space is what we need to rebalance our world and heal so those are my two one of my big causes and i i so agree and thank you for sharing that and for me taking up space is there's definitely a degree of doing it in a way that feels authentic to me and i think that we are always fine tuning ourselves and so things change um and it, it it's you know my values are the same but how i interact with them and how i show up can be different sometimes and so um yeah taking up space is definitely using my voice to speak to what is true for me and to create art that is honest and i think that good art is made when we remove the audience in entirety and write as if we are um on the moon and no one will ever read it. And so that's, I'm working on a, a writing program I'm going to be teaching. And it's part of it. It's like, right. Like you're on the moon and no one will read it and, and how to really do that. Um, that's a big part of taking up space for me is being able to tune into that as an artist is huge. And I think part of taking up space is I think about the things I do every day. So I surf and there's a, I don't know if it's Canadian or shy or, you know, what part, but there's a part of me that doesn't want to get in there and paddle off with all the boys at the peak. And some days I go and I paddle off with them because I'm like, you don't get to own this wave. Like you've owned this world and like, I'm here. And I love the other day I surfed and there was like 15 women in the water. There was more women than men. It was like a four to seven foot day. And that was so beautiful. And um, I think taking up space is also expressing how we feel. So for me, being leading and going first with honesty and transparency and, and sharing how I'm feeling and, and leadership through taking responsibility and ownership and agency over how I feel and responsibility in communicating them. We never control other people. <laughs> so it's just like, that's all we can do is, is yeah. have agency over our own, our own communication and our own expressions. And that's a huge part of taking up space. And then like, also like a small way that is a big teacher is like, you know, when you're on like the 101 and 
you know, you want a parallel park, but you're going to have to make everyone behind you stop. Mm. And you might fuck it up. And there's a lot of eyes. You, just, you, you feel them. You feel the energy because we're, we're intuitive and you feel the urgency. And it's like, it's almost enough to not take up that space. That's taking up space is making everyone behind you pause on the highway or the 101 or a busy street while you take maybe two or three times to parallel park and knowing that like you are worthy of that pause and you're worthy of that break and being able to apply that into different parts of your life as well. And um, taking up space is, is having the confidence to know that you are a worthy human being. You deserve to be here. You deserve to feel the way you feel, the way that you deserve to desire the things or have the needs that you do in your relationships. It's just like this complete coming home to who you are. And yeah, like you're saying, not apologizing for it. I wrote something this morning about sometimes it's not that someone isn't enough. It's just that it's just not enough for how we define enough because enough is off of our values and being like, that's not okay for me, you know, and not that you're not okay, or that wouldn't be okay for somebody else. But in this business, we lead with um, responsibility or transparency. You know, someone's showing up in my business in a way that doesn't mirror my values. I could be like, that would work for a lot of people, but I'm a values driven company. So that doesn't work for me. Um, Or in relationships saying, a lot of people probably operate in a space where that would be enough, but I'm I'm over here. I've been chiseling this emotional intelligence thing for 12 <laughs> years and I have different standards. Yeah. And that's another thing I want to say. Women need to have, I mean, okay, not just women, we all have to have standards, but the people who I need to say that need to have standards are people who have like been doing their work for like 20 years. It's like, there is just bullshit behavior in this world. And I have a woman in my life who is a serious powerhouse and she's a lot older than me. And she's just like, literally, like when you think about people in this world that deserve devotional love and to be respected because of how in service they are. And, and, and it's like, I see her putting up with bullshit and I'm like, I don't want to be putting up with bullshit. You know, we have to have standards. And so it's like, have standards and have, have, you know, use your values as a standard or use a male friend in your life who is amazing to you as a standard and the door that other men that you're dating have to walk through. Like Mark Groves is one of my standards. Oh, Mark Groves is one of my standards too. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Shout out to Mark Groves. Shout out. Create the love, by the way. That's his handle. Yeah. Yeah. Dude Dude is a gold standard. I'll tell you what. It's true. And he calls me on like when I'm out of integrity with my own standards, he'll call me on it and be like, uh-uh. And those are the good friends. Those are yeah. the friends who not just like are like, oh, that boy's bullshit. But the ones who actually say like your behavior right now is bullshit. Also is bullshit. There are so many places that I want to go with this, but there, and I'm like, holy shit, right? Y'all, if you're listening, you're like, well, that was just, we should just call it a day right fucking right now. That was enough. <laughs> shit. I told you, y'all, buckle up with Yana. Buckle the f- her fucking book is called Women Who Don't Give a Fuck. That's the first one. The second one has the words cobwebs and vagina. So it's going to be that kind of an episode. But Yana, seriously, when I when I first met you, I was going through a season of necessary solitude. I, I needed to be alone in so many, so many profound ways. And one of the greatest pieces of advice that I saw 
was someone told me, go be around couples and humans that hold the vibration that you want. So I started going as the third wheel on dates to see how they interacted because I really wanted to break my toxic patterns. And I wanted to know there was something greater of possibility Mm. in the world. And I needed to see it. Like it's one thing to just say like, you deserve to raise your standards. And it's a whole other when you watch a man or a woman hold themselves and you go, that, that's it. Now I know what that looks like. And I have and what it feels like yes. in your body. Yeah. What mm-hmm. it feels like. And I, I think that of friends too. I feel like the first time I got to have the honor of going to one of your, I think it was a book signing or book reading or something. And I was like, it's one thing to read the page. It's a whole other to watch you hold space and be like, "Mm, so that's what it looks like. Okay. And not again, what's important and part of what I so love about you is this understanding of the divine feminine in that I stand unto myself and so do you. And we remember each other. I remember what this feels like. Okay. Not be like me, be like you, uniquely you. And I think we need those tangible examples. We need to go out on dates with other friends where the stakes are low to remember. And to, because I think we can get very abstract in the personal Mm -hmm. development world and there's not enough concreteness. So you going on a date is like, yeah, cool standards, but like, I want to see how like your eye contact and your body language and the micro things that ultimately build trust and build presence like that, those pieces, you know, I love that. I, uh, I have two relationship role models in my life and, um, do you know, Gay Hendricks and uh, Katie Hendricks? I just did a whole episode about upper limits, like a solo, like, well, fuck me hard, Gay Hendricks. Jesus. Like that was incredible. (laughs) This whole concept, he's, I I know he's one of your mentors. He is. And I had this moment of witnessing, I know that they're really big in in like they wrote a book, I think called Conscious Loving that was really big and getting them out in the relationship space. But I, I was working on my, I'm writing the memoir of Finding My Father. And I was writing the, working on the overview with him in Ojai a few weeks ago. And I got to witness really beautiful attunement in, 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 in such a really organic way and in such a smooth way where something showed up for, for Katie and she just like, you know, I'm in the kitchen, Gay's making me a coffee and she just like, he just like, she started to express some emotion and he just like came over and like had a hand on her heart and, and they just had this little moment with me in the space where they just moved through it. And it didn't derail the whole day. It wasn't like I had to leave. It was okay that I was there. And I think it's so beautiful to witness deeply intuitive attunement. That's also really efficient because um, I don't think we see efficiency all the time. You know, there, there's, but it's like there was, there's both pieces, a high level of attunement and love, um, which I think two people have to be incredibly coming at it from a space of their own development being like, obviously they're in their seventies and they've done a lot of work around this or days in the seventies. And um, it was really beautiful. And I have another friend, Dina and Austin, and they won't mind that I say their names because I've written a post publicly about this. And they have something called um, head on chest where they've been together, I think for five or six years and haven't had a fight. And 
um, when one of them gets triggered, they like say like, okay, HOC and whoever is triggered will ask for it, take responsibility and then go put their head on the chest of the other person. And then from that space of love and heart and emotion and not from an anger or aggression or, you know, will communicate what's present and what's there and, and drop into the, I know. Um, That's good shit. I know. What was some of your moments of, was there any moments that you witnessed in, in your friends going on dates where you were like, yeah, that, that's what I want. Oh, a ton. The, my, my partner now has come from all of those pieces and is such a delicious example of humanness, you know, of, of just being, um, I remember being in Encinitas before I met Aaron and going to this dinner and it's sad now, but man, the, the bark is so low sometimes for, for cis hetero men. I was blown away (laughs) at just the amount of emotional intelligence. And he said, what an interesting insight. Let's unpack that. I, I got instantly wet. I was like, what the fuck is this? What is this? Like, I, I've seen this in female relationships. And as a bi woman, I've seen this when I'm on a date with a woman. Dudes do this shit too. Like, I literally didn't, I had never seen that. And I thought it was for this, like, I don't know. I just, the combination of him being in this very strong masculine, I've got you, I'm holding you space, but also emotionally intelligent and having a, a depth, a real depth to his being. I didn't know you get the two in the same way that when I first witnessed being in your presence, I was like, I didn't know that was on the menu of womanhood. I didn't know we could do that. Mm-hmm. And that's the gift of just being fully yourself. I think one of the pieces that was really helpful for me that Aaron and I do now um, that my friends really love and have been trying this on. We, we say, I witness you because I think sometimes we just want to be witnessed. And it's not that the partner doesn't, but for me, words of affirmation are really helpful. And so when I do the laundry or, you know, simple things, take mm-hmm. out the trash, call his mom to check in on the family, whatever it is, he'll be like, I witness you. Thank you. I witness you like something really small. Mm-hmm. And it, feels really powerful to feel witnessed in mm. in the way that I wanted to chat with you in a little bit about this post you had recently um dear body you said i'm sorry you didn't want sex you wanted intimacy mm-hmm. i for me and i can only say for me part of my craving of intimacy is feeling deeply witnessed in this moment and it doesn't have to be physical. It certainly doesn't have to be sexual. It can be like, I witness you for doing the dishes. I witnessed the way you held space for my parents being here this past weekend. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. Also sexy mm. for any men listening. Like, sexy AF. Thank you. Mm. So good. I, I, I wanted to ask you one other piece when we're, I love that we're getting into away from the high level personal development conversation and into like, well, what the fuck does that really look like? 
which you're so good at doing. (laughs) One piece that you shared was wonderful. And I even find a resistance still to it. Please elaborate, Yana Robinson, about writing as if you are on the moon. That sounds lovely, Yana. And I would love to aspire to that. But with this world of instant notification and how many Mm -hmm. views and shares, how the fuck do you write in a silo of the heart? I want to do that. Mm. Help, help us. Yeah. Well, I, I want to say two things there. Like, I think if any of you have a business, I want to give a concrete example yeah. of how I live that value. Um, as a, as not just a writer, but also a CEO and as a coach that has programs with hundreds of people. Um, there's impact when I share things and open my voice. And, um, you know, I, I, I've shared a post at one point around, uh, it wasn't actually about being vegan. I love vegans. I have a vegan mom, but it was about being righteous in our choices and aggressive and, and not accepting of others and their choices. That was more so what I was trying to say, but you know, oh, I, have I remember fire this. Sometimes. Remember the inspired yeah, story. Yeah. And, and people, and like some people, it's interesting. People are in my program right now to learn how to speak their truth. Like I'm not a teacher. People think that they need to align with everything that their teacher does. That's not the point of a teacher. I'm literally a teacher of truth. I'm teaching people how to speak their truth. So I should say things people in my program don't agree with. And they should go, wow, I really appreciate that Yana's living her values that I'm trying to learn from her so that I can live them in my life. But they get triggered and they're like, yay, vegans. And they drop out of my program. And I'm like, all right, well, I let those ones go. Um, and I think that what I've learned as being a, a business owner and having a business that has people that work for me and, um, and bringing in a business manager who we may move into RevShare at some point, actually, I've had people in my business who said, you can't say that after I've shared something. You can't say that because we're selling the product. And I've literally walked away from two different relationships where I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, I will always first be an artist and here to express the truth. Sure, I'm a businesswoman and I live in California, but like, I don't, I don't operate from that space. And this cost me two relationships I really valued. And um, my newest business manager, I hired one of the first things I said on our interview when I was screening her was let's just say down the road, we're in a rev share relationship and there's another election. And I am talking about how much I hate Donald Trump. And I make a discount called, called fuck Donald Trump because I've done that. <laughs> and, did. Like, and, and we lose, we lose a hundred people. Like, will you have my back? And, or are you going to have a problem with that? Because I need you to know, I don't care if we lose a hundred grand living my truth always, always, always comes before the reason I have a business that, that even could make money. The reason I even have 250 or 500 students who give me money for a business to have money is because I'm speaking truth. And so it's not about not speaking my truth because I have a business that makes money. It's about understanding that we live in a world that largely doesn't understand or appreciate truth. And therefore there will be people who don't get it. I want, we want to live in a world that is more honest and that is more truthful. And so there's this big flush of people being like, it's liberating to be honest. And I want to be honest. And I want my teachers to be honest. And then it's like, 
I think it's just coming into equilibrium with what's the middle ground. And so there are appropriate places to share certain parts of ourselves. And there are not appropriate places. And I was talking with a a friend of mine who has a big company and she used to be like, it's safe here. Like we are a family. And then, and then she, and then people like were just constantly processing with her as a boss. And she had to, she, she was like, we're not a family. Yeah. Like this is not a family. This is a business. (laughs) And so it's like, there's appropriate places to bring your vulnerability. And I think that we're all showing up in a way that sometimes lacks boundaries, whether that's just on our social media or in our working relationships or um, in the world, because we're hungry to exist in that paradigm of truth. I want to know how you personally navigate this boundary conversation between being so hungry for honesty and truth, which you do so eloquently, especially in your books, but then also on social and in the world and also having these boundaries. Like, how do you, is it a gut thing? Is it certain yeah. people are off limits? Like, what is, how do you do it? It's always learning. Second piece. It's like, <laughs> I know, by no means am I like, I've dialed this, uh, which feels important um, to say. And I think that, it is a gut thing. I will pull up my phone to write a caption or something and I will feel in my body like a no. And I'll just go, Oh, it's too soon. Or like, that's a no. And I'll still write it, but I'll keep it. Yeah. Um, Whereas other times it feels alive and it feels empowering to share. And I also have started to, when I'm with somebody the person I'm, and I've learned this from doing the opposite, the person that I am, I'm dating or with, um, I'm like the queen of three month relationships. So I'm looking forward to graduating from that club, but da, 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 still in da, that da. Club. that's your graduation music. That's your graduation. I'm music. Like, that was me. Um, that was a, hun- Oh my God. That was a, who else, who else is listening right now? It's like three months. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and, and, but you know, I will say that I think I'm a very efficient dater in that my capacity to go deep quickly means that I get to the harder stuff that other people might not hit for eight months in. So I'm like, I don't really know. Like maybe I've technically had a bunch of two-year relationships in three months, but it just depends how we equalize. So, um, but yeah, I, I really feel like you find out enough in three months. And so I've had a lot of three months and a couple of longer ones. There was like an eight month. and. I learned the hard way that the person who is the most sacred to me, yes, I'm a teacher. Yes. I want to share. Yes. I want to create value for the world and bring people into a a different, um, I hate the word consciousness now, but like it kind of is just like a different level of consciousness with themselves. And, um, at the same time, the person I'm with is them feeling safe and secure and sacred is the most important thing. And so Every man is different. Some men are like, baby, you do you. You do you. You take pictures of me and videos of me and you share like, like, fuck it. Like they do not care. Yeah. And then there's other men who are like trauma, like so afraid. Like I have to really like privacy is a huge value for them. And um, no pictures, no photos, no naming. And just I learn how to make the person I'm with feel safe. And I can teach and share things without including those parts of them. 
you know, yeah. the, the, the colors, the flavors, the sound, the name, the pictures, it's like, it doesn't, I can, you know, someone can be anonymous or, um, and so navigating what that, what's that, like, you know, it didn't matter so much when I had a hundred followers. And then now that I have a hundred thousand, it's like people get intimidated and people, it's, it's usually the value of privacy that I come up against because I'm, you know, I, I don't think I very often will, will say anything is off limits in my life. And so when people have, there's just like those, sometimes there's a conflict in, in figuring out how to honor that in people's, in the process. So I'm more transparent. I'm more of like the transparency, I think, than the privacy as a value. Some things are private, but I lean more towards full transparency in how I live my life. So um, I think I'm constantly learning those boundaries, fucking them up sometimes, you know, like, yeah, you know, I fucked up this last round by sharing something that didn't totally, we weren't done processing and I was ready to have a larger conversation uh, with, with the world. But really, I think as a rule of thumb, there should be a, a degree of the processing has been done between you and you both feel in a place of neutrality because it has been processed. Mm. where and then there's like a little conversation concreteness there's a conversation of like does it feel okay if i share this showing them it how does this feel and i'm going like uh i'm not ready or yeah. or like that part feels weird and just getting actual direct feedback and them being involved for them goes like oh you have my back like you care how i feel i, I and it's like yeah the person you're with should feel the safest it should not be they should not be seeing it with a hundred thousand other people exactly <laughs> you know <laughs> yana and i then get into this conversation around how to handle once very close friends who might now suddenly be on a very different political spectrum or just feel combative i mean 2021 has been rough maybe it comes to a point of showing such a big value that you don't want someone in your life and then you will know that. I feel like your body will know that. And every relationship, I think it's in our life for a season, a reason, or a lifetime. And just because we were raised by a family doesn't mean that like we have a ton in common with them or mm -hmm. we need to maintain relationship. And just because you've known someone since high school doesn't mean you have to continue to be friends with them. I think everything has a lifespan. And so um, in this time where a lot of people are lacking, I think, grace and respect I think it's important to try and do grace and respect, but also set the boundaries that you need to guard your wholeness. And so if someone is being really intense or critical or shameful or just barging in and like when you're just really, I almost feel like it's getting like, I feel like in some ways. Um, it's almost like getting a dick pic sometimes when people are just like, like, I'm like literally like, I don't want to have, I don't want to talk about politics or COVID all the time. It's like, an I just emotional don't. dick pic. I just don't. I'm like, I'll be like surfing, you know, and, and I'll be talking about something not related and someone will just barge in. And I'm like, not here. Like, get your dick pic out of my DMs. Like, get it. Like, sure. Like, it, it might even be a great dick, but like, it doesn't mean... <laughs> that I want to see it or talk about it or that I've asked, I haven't asked for it. That's what it is. It's respect around asking, I think too. And like, if you're going to bring up something that you and somebody see differently on, 
fucking ask them if they are in a space where they have capacity and bandwidth or a desire to have the conversation with you. It could be like, hey, Ashley, I saw that you've been posting some stuff on your Instagram and I'm making an assumption that you voted for Trump and I'm feeling really upset about that because blah, 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 or like something or, but like, yeah. or there, but, but just like, I actually went into it. So what I should have more so said is, hi, Ashley, <laughs> I'd really love to have a conversation with you about an assumption I'm making. It's political. Um, what would be a good space and time for us to talk about that? Is it okay right now? Like do you have capacity? And, and let you check yeah. in with like, if you have capacity and then if you get into it, you're like, I don't want to have this conversation with you. It's okay to say like, I don't want to have this conversation with you. I'm not available. Mm-hmm. I'm not available. Or, and I think a lot of us, it's okay to just be like, I don't have the capacity right now. Sometimes sometimes it's desire, sometimes it's capacity, capacity. you know. You have openly in the past talked about having an abortion. You've openly talked about gay parents. You've openly talked about suicide. You've openly talked about dating, cobwebs in your vagina, all of these pieces, the Italian, like so many different, very open and honest conversations. And then you have, let's say, um, the conversation that's happening in Texas around abortion and you're having suicide awareness and you're having a number of things. And some people will emotionally give you a dick pic. They think that means that because you spoke about it even once, and I'm definitely one of those people that because I've spoken about certain things, apparently now I'm available 24 seven to talk about this when I really don't honestly want to talk about a lot of this ever again. How do you navigate that conversation when someone is asking you or just emotionally dick pics you slides into your DMs and things that you're open for business. Mm-hmm. Well, you talked about it, Yana. It's in your book, Yana. Yeah. The first thing I want to say is that when I first started writing, my ego super loved the affirmation that came in from other people feeling safe to share their stories and relate with me. Like there was a, I mean, it was encouraging and it was beautiful, but it also, now what I've learned from eight years of it is that it's pretty deeply inappropriate to you talk about appropriate spaces if somebody is a coach their job is to hold space for somebody do you send a seven page email to your therapist before you pay them for an hour of your time no you book a therapy session you go in you sit down you talk in that hour and you go the fuck home and so there's this space of people believe that because there's a direct message or a comment button that they are entitled to that it's okay to share their whole life story which i want to actually frame from you for, for anyone listening from a space of love it's not it's not an appropriate space although i've been vulnerable with you about my abortion i'm not your marble jar friend i'm a writer and you actually don't know me your marble jar friends are people in your life that you've built trust with your marble jar friends is your therapist and it's not only inappropriate because we haven't built enough trust that I can hold you. There hasn't been a consent of me saying, yeah, sure. Um, Ashley or not Ashley, but like Carla, like share this with me. I can hold you. I have capacity. I have space. We haven't had that dialogue where you're going to know that you're going to get anything back from me and you need to be seen. You're sharing because you want to be seen, but we have no, 
you're not a coaching client. I don't have an appointment at one o'clock where I show up with you and hold space for you. Those are the people that I'm seeing. And so in this time of, you know, Nike, you can DM Nike. It's like, we're, we're, we have this super over accessible culture created around people who are brands, businesses. And I think people are, are abusing that with privilege and entitlement and also not noticing that it's actually not appropriate. And then we feel guilty because we either don't want to, or don't have space or can't hold everybody who shows up in DMS and comments and wants to be seen. And it's not your responsibility to respond to a 15 page email from somebody who just feels like you're there. Like you're, I'm not that person's therapist. My coaching clients, I'm in very clear agreeance of we're in a sacred relationship where I'm holding space and attuning and working with them. And so um, I, I think that it, it, it's a, it, you can not respond because people, I, you don't have to respond, option number one. Um, option two, you can start to train people and say, you know, I really appreciate your vulnerability. And I also just want to let you know that if you'd like me to really witness and hold space for you, that's actually part of my business. You're intuitively correct to show up at my door because I am a safe space. And that's part of my business. If you'd like to book a session, here's the link. It's $250 an hour or whatever your rate is. And just gently from a space of love, reminding people intuitively their right to show up but the way that they're doing it isn't right. And this is the right way. Here is the, the link if you'd like to book it. Um, and sometimes that's, I have social media managers and they do that for me of you know witnessing and seeing and saying, you know, if you'd like to connect with Yana, this is the way. And they set that boundary for me, which I love. Um, but it, it's really, you guys, I know it's easy when you're a, a space holder and a giver. And ultimately, Abby, you and I just, we just give a fuck about people. Yeah. That's what our job is. It's yeah. like, hi, I give a fuck. About and so people show up and they're like, but you're someone who gives the fuck. And the answer is yes. Yes. And, and <laughs> you, it's not, it's just not appropriate sometimes. Uh, and so email and DM, and then people will get mad if you don't oh, respond. Yeah. Oh, you and think? then you're like, of like, excuse me, I've shared this. And, the, and I'm like, excuse me, like, I like literally like, do you, is it okay to call a plumber before you've booked them and try and fix something yourself while talking to them on the phone? Like, no, you like book somebody who's a professional for a service. And then in the hour that you've paid for, you do that thing together. Yep. And people are getting a lot of value and free information and really beautiful things on the internet. But there are degrees of ourselves that don't, you know, you don't, get to get, have a WhatsApp message from me unless you're one of my retainer clients and you're working with me. Like you don't get life advice in the DMs because no. I, that's, I'm a professional and that's my job. Yeah. The only people who have an issue with you holding boundaries are people who don't have boundaries of their own. Mm -hmm. I have painfully learned that. Fucking Yana, thank you Sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, for giving your energy and your time and the way that you choose to show up in the world. I don't think I've enjoyed an interview in a really long time. Thank you for the way that you show up um, and for the presence that you're holding in this podcast as well, because I feel it and I really appreciate it. It's really nice to see you in dialogue. Um, I so received that you. too. Yeah, thank you. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of the Full Body Fuck Yes podcast with me, Abby Gibb. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And it would mean the world if you leave a review so others know how kick-ass these episodes are. And I'm a real person over on Instagram, so tag me in an IG story at Abby Gibb and let me know what landed in your heart the most today. Thanks again for listening.